Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Anian. They call it a thermostat assembly module, but on the other side of the engine, it's a thermostat housing because that's what it looks like. I'm your vehicle, baby. I'll take you anywhere you want to go. The car doctor. I so, think they're probably worn out. That's why I was wondering if... Well, they could be. Uh, they could be, but you know what? You, the, the question is you don't know, so you could play what if all day long. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Well, we are just rolling along this hour. We're sort of electrified. Uh, this weekend here on The Car Doctor as we're talking EVs and, uh, well, I shouldn't say EVs, we should say electric electrical transportation devices. Um, as, as per Dr. Mark, we were speaking to him last hour um, regarding electrical airplanes and, and some other things that are going on. But uh, this hour we're going to continue. Chuck Kincaid is uh, with us. He is, our, he is our mentor, so to speak, in the background. He's the global business development guy over at Redline Detection, redlinedetection.com, but I also think he's uh, he's probably one of the smartest guys I know, although I'm surrounded by smart guys this weekend, I have to say that, in terms of what's going on in the industry and uh, electric vehicles and uh, electrification, maybe is a better way to say it. Let's uh, bring Chuck in. Chuck, you're there, sir. Yeah, I'm here, Ron. Cool beans. Um, you know, I'm curious, We were in, in, in the previous hour we were talking about uh, Redline Detection has, you know, certain pieces of equipment for electrical vehicle service, and one of them is their their battery 
integrity tester. Is that a good way to say that? What did you 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 had another name for it, right? Yeah, we actually call it the BCLD, BCLD, which is a battery and coolant leak detector. Okay. Which is, um, it, it's basically an enclosure and a coolant loop tester with a find feature. Okay. So you can pinpoint leaks. Is there, are we allowed to mm-hmm. talk about this? Is there a price point there? I'm just trying to give the listeners an idea of what it costs, you know, that, that it's not electric vehicles show up and they won't cost anything to maintain or, or, or service. Is there, is, there a, is there a cost factor we can kind of discuss? Yeah, of course, there's cost. well, you know, there, there, we don't have set pricing for something like that. The, the reason for that is that because we work with so many different OEs right now, and, and really this is not an aftermarket product, at least today. Right. Um, you know, we have every OE has a little bit different configuration. And um, so it's kind of all over the map right now. But, you know, it's, it's basically uh, it's a test device. Um, you know, we, you know, we try to, uh, you know, put some pokey oaking, if you will, in there, right? So you don't make mistakes on using it. It's software based, you, you know, you run it through a PC and you can get a report, right? So you can run a test and get a report. It's very similar to uh, like running a, a scan, uh, using your diagnostic tool and right. getting a, a post scan report, right. for example. Yeah. Is it, is it five grand, 10 grand, 15 grand, 20 grand, 50 grand? <laughs> yeah. It depends on the configuration and the markets, and um, but yeah, it, it, yeah, it, I think you're on the right track. It's, it's right. in the thousands of dollars, right? Um, you know, and and it really just depends, right? If we're working with engineering, um, you know, some of those versions are a little bit more expensive. If you're getting a full version that does everything, and they're a little bit more expensive, of course. Um, if you know if they're pared down, it's you know maybe it's just doing low pressure. There's no find feature because you know that maybe a particular OE doesn't want a, a dealer looking for the leak or, or repairing it there because they're doing battery swapping. Um, you know it, it's a lot less. So yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean we're actually starting, you know, uh, you know exploring that in the collision industry, and um, you know it's it's just a place where. You know they've been dealing with EVs ongoing, and you know, and there's a lot of questions there, and, it's, and there's a lot of challenges, right? Um, a lot, of, a lot of needs for training uh, there as well on on what's going on with electric vehicles, and you know, and, uh, and everything that comes along with that, right? What what you know, insurance companies, and you know, everyone's trying to figure this out right now. Look at you! You did your first segue live on radio because I know what's coming next. You're going to bring in Dirk Fuchs, aren't you? Why don't you introduce him for everybody? That's right. So, uh, so through this, um, I met Dirk Poots, who, who's um, he's the director for program and services at ICAR, and ICAR is a it's a training body uh, among other things for the collision industry, and we've been collaborating um, ever since. And um, you know, Dirk has been doing training. Uh, I think he's worked for ZF and and and, uh, and other places, you know, doing training. He's been in the industry for quite some time, and. Um, yeah, so we've uh, we've been collaborating uh, most of the year, actually this year. Yeah, and uh, and, and and I would expect nothing less from Redline Detection that you guys are collaborating, also with the best of the best because that's what iCar is. Let's talk to Dirk for a while, Chuck, and uh, I'll come back to you. So sit tight, Dirk. Are you there, sir? Yes, I am. Um, hey, welcome hey, aboard. Welcome well, aboard. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's. You know, it's 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 just been a crazy couple of hours here doing radio today, talking with all you guys about EVs. Um, so you do you do iCar training now. You know, Doctor Mark does you know training technician, sort of a different. You're more in the body shop side, correct? That's where iCar 
lives and breathes. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, of course. Um, you know, IECAR is a non-for-profit organization that serves the collision industry. So we got founded by this industry. And, yeah, we make sure that um, technicians have the right education to work on modern cars like electric vehicles, for example. Um, yeah, and in this regards, we have as well our electric vehicle certification training in place. What is built under European regulations, and I say always here in the United States, we don't have a regulation in place that determines what a technician has to know before he's allowed to work on those cars. So here, yeah, do whatever you want to do um, and don't die. That's, that's maybe the most important thing. Um, so, and we try to help here and uh, educate those technicians. And um, as Mark, uh, we talk as well with a lot of manufacturers and consultant to them. And uh, well, yeah, want to find out what technicians, what is the best education for technicians in that space of collision? Right. What is a little bit different as the service a- a- approach? Definitely. Right. Now, we were talking before the show today, mm-hmm. and you know, you had shared with me. Um, and everyone that, you know, in Europe, the technician goes through a certification program, and if he doesn't have that certification, he doesn't work on the car in Europe. It's it's not necessarily that way here, though. Is that a correct statement? Absolutely. Uh, you know, here is more like there comes a car in, and the technician will work on it. He will fix it. There is nothing what can stop him. In Europe, is a little bit of a different story than um, the political way how things are running over there. Um, a lot of things getting a little bit over overregulated, let's say it that way. Um, but honestly, when it comes to a technology like high voltage technology, where your life is on a thread, when you make a mistake, a mistake can be really, really. Um, yeah, possibility that you're not survive a mistake is really high. Right. So the first thing what I learned, Ron, when I came to the United States is the training approach, and I'm living here now since eight years, the training between Europe and the United States is completely different. Here is it more like problem and solution-based. What is the problem? What is the solution? How I can fix it as fast as possible? In Europe, it's the education based a little bit more knowledge-driven. Um, what means um, I, I, I had a good friend who said those Germans are crazy. They want to know how it works, like into the detail. And I don't know why we are like this. Um, but when it comes to electric vehicle, it helps a lot. Then um, I would like to talk a little bit more in this show about what technicians really have to know. What are the risks? right now out there, how a shop gets prepared for electric vehicles. That's the things what really right now drives me and drives what we're doing and what I'm doing on a daily basis. Well, I'll tell you what, that's, let's, 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 focus on, but, yeah. let's pull over, take a pause. Yeah. When we come back, I want to start at the top of our list. You know, we've got a list putting together that uh, I want to talk a little bit about battery concussion. Can we start there and work our way down that list? that you and I uh, put together before the show today. Let's talk about battery concussion, what that is, and why that's so important for the listeners to understand, and then we'll kind of go from there. How's that sound? Absolutely. Okay. Stay put. We're here with Dirk Fuchs of ICAR, Chuck Kincaid of Redline Detection. I know somewhere in the background is Dr. Mark Quarto. He's uh, standing by and listening as well, and we're all going to return right after this. I'm Ron Ananian. Don't go anywhere.
Vehicle not taking you where you want to go? Well, call Ron. He's the expert at making your vehicle take you where you need it. 855-560-9900. And now, back to Ron. Hey, we're here talking with Dirk Fuchs. He's the Director of Technical Programs and Services for ICAR. And uh, Dirk, when we pulled away for the pause, I left you with a thought about battery concussion for the listeners. What does that term mean, and why is it important when we're talking about electric vehicles? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, that term we created yeah, a year ago or so, doesn't matter. Um, it's about an, an electric vehicle in an accident. So you have to imagine when you have an accident, as everybody knows, there's a lot of G-force involved. So deceleration forces are still really, really high, um, especially what we found out that side accidents, when it's a side crash, it's much more, um, yeah, it's much more, uh, yeah, the, the better the, the chassis or the, the whole frame don't absorb so much accident and so much speed uh, when it, when you have a side accident. So the problem is, I compare a battery with my brain. My brain is in a liquid, so I hit my forehead somewhere. My brain my brain inside hits the forehead and it stops swelling over over a day over two days three days so it takes time that the symptoms occur so that means um i i really need i i I feel bad i feel dizzy i i maybe have to vomit after a day or two that's a concussion and i think a a lot of your listeners maybe experience that that by themselves. So now bring this over to an electric vehicle. We have an accident, 20, 30, 40 G4s um, is goes into this chassis, especially on a side accident. And then my battery cells are as well in a liquid. So we don't know how this battery cell will behave over time. Chem- chemical reactions takes time to occur. So we have a lot of reports that electric vehicles out of an accident got repaired, got back to the vehicle owner. The owner had their car overnight on a charger in his garage and the vehicle burned down. And at the end of the day, the whole house burned down. Wow. So the question is now, what can you do again? That how you can monitor is my battery good or is it bad, and that's what we have to train our technicians out there how to do it, what to look out, and how to make sure this will not happen. So does this happen? You know, and correct me if I'm wrong because I'm I'm, I'm just guessing, but you know the sheer weight of the battery. You know, an engine block, right? An engine, you know, a typical engine weighs. 550 pounds back in the old days of cast iron v8 today's aluminum engines are probably less 400 pounds you know they get into a front-end collision at 30 miles an hour they're held down by mounts um mm-hmm. it, you know it's it, it, same g4 so to speak but it's less likely to be ripped out of its mounts and and bounced around and broken because of it it's, it's smaller and it weighs less but a but an, an electric vehicle battery on average, my understanding is weigh anywhere from 800 to 1,000 pounds or more. And that that right. du- double the mass or triple the mass in some cases at 30 miles an hour. And there's no real support for the battery because the battery is, is, is the frame of the vehicle. It's part of the foundation. So, you know, it's going to get bounced around more. It's going to be more adverse or more, more susceptible is the word I'm looking for. 
to G-force collision, mm-hmm. and and then there's impairment, right? And then then there's um, you taught me this before the interview today, before we talked about uh, uh, cracks in the case, fissures, micro fissures, right, opening up where the you won't see it in the battery case, and now the battery case has no integrity. Fair statement. Fair statement. Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, if you analyze, the battery is part of the chassis. So an engine, when you compare an engine, they have the, the, the mounts, the rubber mounts, they are, they are guided uh, at the frame. So they are not part of the frame. And that's a, that's a big, big difference. The most risk is what we have with those electric batteries is that you have a front accident, for example, and nobody thinks even about checking the battery. Tools, what Shock, for example, offers with red line detection to check the battery enclosure is super important. Every After every accident, that should be performed, in my opinion, to make sure there is no micro crack in the, in the housing after this accident. Is, is, that, um, is that done right now, Dirk? Dirk, is that is that allowed to be done no. right now? No. Um, so we have to bring Chuck for that, and he's the specialist on that, and he talks to manufacturers about manufacturer putting um, position statements in where that describes, um, yeah, you have to do it after an accident, but not all doing it, not all have the knowledge of it. We are in a huge learning curve right now where we all learn on a daily basis. So it is not so that all, all manufacturers figure that out to the end um, and, and put in position statements out in this regard. And that's the reason why we are here to educate the industry yeah. to say you have to do this. Right. So, you know, and, and for me, it's always like what I what we teach technicians right now is how you approach an electric vehicle when it ends up on your on your lot. You are in collision with hair facility, the car comes in, got gets off of an, a flatbed. And it was in an in an accident. So the first thing, usually you roll the car off a flatbed. When you roll a car, an electric car off a flatbed and it is included in a collision, first problem is your rotor of your electric motor um, it will turn and that can recuperate energy into the system. What we don't want that it could be uh, really, really dangerous. So the whole approach of getting a car, how I take it off a flatbed, that the tires are not rotating, that starts then directly. Then the next thing is usually if we say take a heat gun, go under the car and check if there's any hot pockets heat pockets in this battery, what you can see with a thermal heat gun to say, is there anything going on? Is there a thermal um, reaction going on? A thermal runaway is occurring, so a, a thermal runaway is, it starts burning. So we want to have that, um, we want to have the knowledge before we bringing the car in the shop. Then you bring a, an electric vehicle into your shop and it starts burning, an electric vehicle battery fire is around 5,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. And there's no way you can take it out. Right. You and, can and then, cool it, and, but you will not take it out. And then the problem becomes that, you know, if, if you haven't checked the battery for cracks from the front-end collision that we're talking about, mm-hmm. then that battery can have issues yeah. where it catches fire, and now you put it in your shop to be serviced, and now the shop burns down with the car. And 
what a mess mm-hmm. what a mess that's going to become hey hey dirk when we come back i want to talk a little bit about you know the clean work environment to the ev repair process why it's so important and then we'll have about six or seven minutes after that. Can we talk a little bit about the tools and the vehicle intake process? And, you know, let's uh, let's finish it up there and we can get a little bit more into ICAR. So I'm Ron Anany the car doctor. I'm here with Dirk Fuchs of ICAR. We'll both be back right after this. Don't go away. back. Ron Nane, the car doctor here with Dirk Fuchs of iCar. Dirk, you know, you made a point in our in our pre-show interview to talk about, you know, a clean work environment to the electric vehicle repair process, why it's so important. I mean, general shop cleanliness is important, but you made a point to stress that. What's that all about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me try to, to make this point as short as possible. Uh, when Mark was talking earlier about, for example, AC and DC and the, those different, um, um, yeah, currents or voltages, um, I'm focusing a little bit more on the learning curve of resistance. What I figure out in our training classes is that technicians have a hard time to understand what is a milliohm. And this is our new resistance values where we're going into when we talk about electric vehicles. So to make sure, so I give you a better example, for example. <laughs> when, when you have an, an, an electrical connection and connector of an electric vehicle, and those connectors, what connecting those 50 square millimeter cables, what is in U.S. term one gauge, um, with a component like an inverter, so from the battery to the inverter, and that connector um, is in there. The resistance values in those connectors, they are one milliohm or less. That's one thousandth of an ohm. Wow. So this is not detectable, and you can't figure that out with a regular multimeter. So you need a regular, you need new testing devices. We call it a four-wireman measurement method. So, but why is this so important with cleanliness of your shop or of your environment? So, I give you another example. And Tesla, full throttle, up here in Colorado where I live, you drive up the mountains, put the throttle down. I think 300 amps going over that system. And then you convert and now use Ohm's law and say, okay, we have 300 amps, we have 1,000 one thousandth of an ohm resistance over a connector. What is the electrical power going over a connector? You can calculate this. Right. So approximately with 300 amp and one milliohm, we talk about 90 watts. So on 90 watts, everybody knows really well that everybody bought light bulbs in their life. Sure. So 90 watts is a light bulb, really bright, gets really uh, bright, it gets really hot when you touch it, and possibly a lot of people burn their hands on it. But this goes over a thin thread. No, now we have a one gauge cable, and 90 watts is nothing. It doesn't even heat up this cable. But when you change the resistance value in this connector from one milliohm to 10 milliohm, 
your 90 watts turn into 900 watts. Now you have a toaster. So 10 milliohm is still not detectable with your multimeter, what you have in your shop. So now we make out of this 90, out of this 10 ohm or milliohm, I'm sorry, 20 milliohm. And your result is not 900 watts anymore, it's 1,800 watts. And what will happen is that your that this connector will start melting and burning. And this will be the vehicle what stands on the hard shoulder um, here in the mountains in Colorado and burns down. And I don't want that any shop is responsible for this. So every time you work on an electric car, you cover and you open and connector, you cover those connectors. Right. The work environment, what, for example, manufacturers saying is, for example, 16 feet in every direction is the workspace where that has to be cleared. Wait, wait a minute, wait a so minute. You're saying, there, wait a minute, you're saying, you're saying, I just got what you said, Dirk. Yes, you're, you're saying that in a repair <laughs> shop, that in a body shop, all right, they've got to have 16 feet clear as a perimeter around the vehicle to maintain a clean work environment, and that's what the manufacturers are calling for to ensure the vehicle is worked on safely, cleanly, and properly. Mm-hmm. So that on one, you know, we look in our our workshops today, one stall and the next, one lift after the next one. So now imagine you have an electric vehicle in the middle, um, connectors are open on this car gets repaired, left one guy is grinding um, on, a, on a whatever quarter panel, on the right side somebody is welding, and all this debris, dust, dirt is in the air, and it will go into those connectors. And you will not see this with your blank eyes. This right. is what we're talking about when we talk about electric vehicles. This is the reason why cleaning that, a clean environment is extremely important. When their connectors are open, we cover them, that nothing can go in there, no debris and nothing. And this is really, really important. And this is one of the most important learning curves, in my opinion. And this is what we have to preach out there. An electric vehicle has to be treated different than in combustion. Yeah, absolutely. Things like a, a fire that burns a vehicle down, what can burn also and and passenger down and 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 and, uh, ex- and really threaten the life of an of a driver or a passenger it's really critical here and that's the reason why it's so important working in a clean environment and this is what i'm preaching around the country really really a lot and i wanted to bring that up in this show that's great dirk i'm going to jump ahead a little bit because time's going to cut us short but i'm going to i'm bringing you back i'm just letting you know because you got a, we got a lot going mm-hmm. on here um, I want to go to charging charging infrastructure and the language of EV in two minutes. Can you do that in two minutes? Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, you know, when I go to a dealership, really, that's that's really fun. So you go to a dealership, go to a salesman, and say, "Hey, what is with this new, let's say, Ford Lightning, whatever?" And they, okay, what is the first question you have? What is my battery capacity? Our language is now kilowatt hours. So my 20-gallon tank is now maybe a 9,200 kilowatt hour battery. So that indicates for me, okay, how big is my tank? How far I can go? 
So the average consumption of an electric vehicle is around, the average, what I read everywhere, is around 35 kilowatt per hour, um, 35 kilowatt hours per 100 miles. So now you know you have a 100 kilowatt hour battery and you know an average 35 kilowatt hours per 100 miles is my consumption. So now you can calculate how far you can get with this. A really important question is as well, recharging. How long it takes to recharge a car? So, and really important is what can the, the battery intake? So that's, let's say my, my, yeah, I go usually to a gas station and put my nozzle in there. And now it's a question, how much gas goes in this tank? So, for example, I was reading, I was looking in the new Mercedes EQS yesterday, really fancy Mercedes car, has a 200 kilowatt intake of a battery. So 200 kilowatt can take in on a DC fast charging. So question is, okay, we have now three levels of charging. Level one means 110 volt AC charging. You plug it in in your house, takes possibly... I don't know, 1.5 kilowatt an, uh, uh, an hour. So when you have a 100 kilowatt hour battery, you can calculate this is like 80 hours to recharge it. That's two weeks. Well, that's, no, that's, no, I that's don't know. Two weeks. That's two weeks, eight no, hour no, days, no, right. No, yeah, no. okay. But that's, oh my God. <sighs> so, okay, then you, you have level two charging. What is a wall box at home? What you get, 220 uh, volts. Possibly when you run it on a 50 amp circuit, you can have like 12, 11.5 kilowatt an hour. So that means you have a 100 kilowatt hour battery. You want to recharge it. Takes you eight eight hours. It's fair overnight recharge. Right. You can can take. Uh, you have a recharge battery. So that works well. Right. But when you go on a road trip, you want to have. You want to be fast. You want. Well, yeah. Cool. You don't. You don't have so eight. You, you don't have eight hours to sit in a parking lot somewhere and, and charge it up. Dirk, you know what? We're going to leave it there. But I. I, I promise yep. we're going to bring you back to talk more. <laughs> um, the website for iCar is is simple. Can you give us the? It's 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 i hyphen car dot com. I believe. No, it's i-car.com. i-car.com for anybody interested in more training and so forth. And you've got, uh, you like Mark you got, and Chuck, you, you guys have so much to say. I'll tell you what, sit tight. I'm going to bring all three of you back in, the, in our next segment as we close out this, uh, this week of The Car Doctor. So stay put. I'm Ron Anini and The Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back, Ron and the Car Doctor. Gentlemen, are we all here? We're going to try and do a roundtable here on radio. I don't know how easily or I don't know if this has ever actually happened before. Um, for those of you just tuning in, we're talking to Chuck Kincaid of Redline Detection, Dirk Fuchs of iCar, and Dr. Mark Quattro of uh, Quarto Tech Services. Let's start with uh, Chuck real quick. Chuck, in a minute or less, what do you think the challenges are facing the EV future for the listeners out there and for the shop owners out there? What do they need to be aware of if you were going to talk to them? No, I mean, 
so many challenges, but I guess just focused on, you know, what I focus on. So, you know, Dirk said it right earlier. You know, you can't see this stuff, right? It's the same with Leach. You can't see the error. So, you know, where we live is solving these challenges for, like, EV service, inspection, training, support, and we can make things easier for a tech or safer for customers. Right. So, you know, every battery is different. It's not a question of right or wrong for testing, but... You know, if I'm a technician, I'm, I'm asked to do a 10 millibar test to look for a 4% drop in 60 seconds. This is where Redline's BCLD will come in handy, right? Because what I'm really trying to do is, you know, you know, solve these problems. Like there's no standardization on how to test or no common way to connect to these batteries. Um, you know, some, some are in-vehicle tests, some are out-of-vehicle tests. You know, there's 10 different tooling solutions for testing, right? You know, I mean, everyone's got their different you know, thing that they got to use. And it's kind of like diagnostics, right? Buy the OE tool. And, you know, the shops don't want to do that. They want just one so, tool that'll so run everything. What, what you're really so saying is you're faced with the challenge of creating the standard, which is something I'm sure Redline Detection is uh, is up for. So thank you, Chuck. I appreciate it. Mute your mic, babe. Let me, let me pull over and let me go talk to Dirk real quick. Dirk, challenges facing the EV industry, the EV future. What do you think it is in a minute or less? Mm-hmm. Absolute um, education, education, and education. Learn what you have to know of, to work safely around those vehicles. Make the right decisions. Invest in your future. Invest in your knowledge. Invest in proper tools um, that you can work on those uh, vehicles as best as possible for yeah the ultimate benefit of the consumer. So this is the mission statement of of ICA anyway. So um, yeah. Go in and learn and tackle um, tackle those uh, those future challenges and learn as much. As and and you if can. you haven't if you haven't taken a course on basic electricity and if you don't understand Ohm's law, now's a good time to learn. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dirk. Thank you for being with us today. Again, if anybody's looking for more information, it's uh, icari-car.com. Let's go over. Let's go over to. Let's go over to Dr. Mark Quarto. Dr. Mark, you're still there, sir. I am, Ron. I hey, am. Hey, Mark. Thank you. We're fighting through some technical challenges here today. Um, if you could, uh, in a minute or less, babe, you know, the, the the EV future, what are the challenges? Where do you see it coming from? Uh, well, we've kind of got a training theme. I'll just kind of stick to that for right now. Um, the time horizon for learning the electrified transportation technologies is, is long. We know that the slope is steep to attain any type of levels of confidence and confidence. So... Um, think of it as when somebody starts the training, it's engines 101. That's really where we're starting. And what drives that is that um, you've got legacy systems, uh, which um, you know technicians have traditionally relied heavily on legacy knowledge, and they really don't have that to transfer over to uh, electrified vehicles. Good Same point. with technology transfer. Right. Uh, they've relied heavily on knowing technology and um uh, you know, we're into high voltage DC and then alternating current, whether it's single phase, three, six, or nine phase systems. And then in addition to that, you've got uh, changes happening in vehicle regulatory compliance and diagnostics. So CARB right now is drafting um, uh, electric vehicle compliance. And what they're looking for is to add information into the system, into the vehicle that um, uh, technicians are going to have to learn to work with charging system efficiency, propulsion efficiency, things like power factor, maybe even off-board charging stations and so on. So they're going to have to learn a whole new language 
and then learn how to, to work with it. They have to understand it before they can even work with it. Wow. And yeah. then, um, <laughs> you know, we, we've kind of, we've kind of beaten the DC and AC circuit thing to death, but also one final thing here, Ron, is on pattern failure. Um, once you start getting into uh, technologies that iterate as fast as we're going right now, the common failures are less frequent. Right. So, so you you're gonna, you've got a whole new battery pack designs. Right. What you're what you're saying, Mark, is there's a whole new learning curve because there's nothing to base it on. Let's leave it there because we're going to run short on time. Gentlemen, sit tight. I'll sure. come back, finish it up, and then we'll talk again. I'm Ron Anini in the car, Doctor. I'll be back right after this. Welcome back, Ronnie, the car doctor. I want to, first of all, thank our special guests this week, Chuck Kincaid of Redline Detection, redlinedetection.com, Dirk Fuchs of iCar, i-car.com, and Dr. Mark Quarto of quartotechservices.com, among other websites. Uh, they're all three experts in their field, and we were glad to have them. Um, such interesting information, and I learned a lot. I'm, I'm hoping you did, too. I, I think my concern, after listening to everybody speak today and, and the comments and the thoughts that they brought up and the uh, explanations of training and the, the steep hill, uh, as, as someone put it during the course of this week's show about uh, the steep hill that we're going to have to climb to get there is, um, you know, it's a concern. And training is as big an important part of the EV future or the electric transportation future, um, as Dr. Mark put it, uh, as anything. All right. And I think it's an even bigger deal than the internal combustion engine training because we have nothing to go on. We have no basis of, well, 10 years ago this worked on an internal combustion engine. This is all brand new to technicians. And uh, the technicians have a very steep hill to climb, and that's what's going to be necessary in order to keep the EV vehicles rolling because at some point they will require service and repair. But I will tell you this, because I tell you this each and every week when it comes to mechanics, well, I'm Ron Anani in the car doctor reminding all of you, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.